Welcome to the Kesset Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you'd like to find out more about Kesset, you can head to kessetchurch.com or find us on Facebook. Welcome to Kesset. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people's New Year's resolution was to go back to church? It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I'll take the first three weeks of the year. I'll take them. Just like Gold's Gym. So it's all just <laughs> uh, so excited that you're here. Seriously, my name's Danny. I am one of the pastors. And um, we're starting a brand new series this year called Gasp. And it's a series, I'm going to intro it this morning, all around this idea of how important it is to be inspired. How important it is to, to, to allow yourself to be in situations where you go, <gasps> and you are inspired, you're impacted. Uh, I was tempted to do the same thing 75% of churches in the U.S. are doing this year on 2020 Perfect Vision, but I just couldn't do it. It just, I just couldn't do it. So sorry if you're here visiting, missing your home church's vision series talk, but this is, this just isn't going to work out here. Uh, Within this month, we are going to have Pastor Tom back. He's going to give us an update around the building and all the wonderful progress we've had there. And uh, we will then cast a little bit of vision around what it looks like for our move-in this year. So we're excited about that. So that'll be here in just a few weeks. There'll be uh, probably an announcement on Facebook, on our app, and so forth. So uh, we'd love for you to be here because there'll be lots for you to do, lots for you to participate in. Uh, This series will last uh, about eight weeks. And uh, it's going to be... I think it could be intense for some people, uh, and so I just want to kind of give that little preface here before I pray, that in order to be inspired, you, you really have to go places that you normally wouldn't go. You have, to, you have to put yourself in situations maybe you wouldn't put yourself in. Uh, my friend Ryan, who does all the uh, pro presenting for us here, uh, is, is probably the most inspired person in the room right now because he took the biggest gasp when the video played because Ryan is scared to death of whales. <laughs> scared to death. Not like, ha ha. He's like, that's it. He actually came up to me and said, why would you put whales in our intro video? I got to look at whales for eight weeks. But the idea is, the idea is that you put yourself in a situation to be impacted. And sometimes those things are scary, Ryan, even big old mean whales. Did you ever watch Pinocchio as a kid? Or was that like, no, not having it. Yeah. Moby Dick's your worst nightmare. (laughs) Okay. Oh, but it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun series, and uh, I'm going to be here for, uh, for really almost all of it, and so uh, we'd love to have you try to get that New Year's resolution stretched into February. Let's see what happens. Uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll start. Lord, thank you so much that we can gather in your house and talk about you. Thank you so much that we can uh, rest with one another. We can reflect on, on the past year, on this new year, and on all that you are uh, giving to us. Thank you that there's new faces in the room. There's people visiting, people that are probably pretty uncomfortable. But, but God, I know that that's okay. I know that so many great things have happened in my life when I'm willing to sit in discomfort. And so I pray, Lord, that, that they would leave here encouraged today. That there is, there is a spiritual journey for everyone. Even if it hasn't been a big part of their life, it, it can be. And Lord, I ask that that, that would be a, a comfort today for all of us in this room. We lift up uh, the future of this series. We lift up our building that you continue to develop for us. We lift up uh, 2020 and all that you're going to bring. We're, uh, we are in anticipation of you and your movement, and we're just excited to be a part. We lift this time to you and to all of God's people said, 
Amen. Well, let me give you kind of a kind of a quote that sort of encapsulate this series. This is a teaching series about looking into and questioning the role inspiration plays within each of our lives. In a culture obsessed with measuring talent and ability, we often overlook the important role that inspiration plays. The quote from the video says, inspiration is supposed to awaken us to new possibilities by allowing us to transcend our ordinary experiences and limitations. And in my own experience, that's exactly what inspiration has done for me. I would say that the, the first time I really knew that I was inspired, the first time that I, I knew that, that my life was going to change was the first time that I met uh, my wife, Erin, and her son, Gabriel. This is our very first picture we ever took together. Look how handsome I am. I look like a member of NSYNC in this particular picture. Uh, <laughs> So uh, this, is, this is when we started dating. I think this is three or four months into us dating. And I remember uh, feeling just truly inspired around uh, these two people and knowing that I was, that I was called to, to change, to be more than I was, to, to, to give my life. And uh, I, I, it's, just, it's really seriously a significant moment that, uh, that has impacted me. Uh, I've had a few others. The first time I stepped in front of a room full of junior high students and delivered a very messy message. Uh, I was 20 years old, and I was helping out at a youth group, and the youth pastor got sick, and he called me that afternoon uh, while I was at work and said, hey, do you mind helping out? And so I walked into this grange, and uh, my brother was one of the students, my cousin, they were, they were all about 13, 14 years old at the time, and, uh, and then some of their friends, and I remember I just, I, there was a lesson plan, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, and so I just sort of spoke and shared, and I read some Bible, so there was some good stuff in there. But I remember feeling at the end of it so inspired, like this, this is something I'm, I'm supposed to do. And so I made a decision to go into ministry. After 10 years of ministry, I realized that I had grown, especially emotionally and spiritually stagnant. And so I was at one point, uh, <laughs> this doesn't sound very scriptural or uh, I don't even know how healthy, but when I was about 28 years old, I was watching TV on my day off and this American Express commercial came on. I've never found it since, but, but I'd, I'd love to. And it, it showed this guy and, and uh, he was in this kind of this rugged house and he was packing a bag and he grabbed his keys and uh, he laced up his boots and he did all this stuff. And then he, he went over and he had a I think it was like a change bowl or something next to a map of the world, and it had a couple darts in it. And he grabbed his keys and change, and then he grabbed this dart, and he took a step back from this wall of the world, and he threw a dart at it, and then he walked up and looked at where the dart landed, and he went, that'll work, and walked out the door. And then the caption was something along the lines of, this is what financial freedom looks like, right? And I was so inspired that I want to say within a few months um, I had quit my job. I, I had decided to go out into this adventure that I, that I felt was the Lord calling me. We sold our house, and I opened up a map of the world, and we picked a country, which was New Zealand, and we moved. And uh, the commercial made it way easier than it actually was. I just, <laughs> way easier. Like, he, he had no children or a wife or any of this stuff. But point was, I, I did it. I moved, and I spent a year as a full-time missionary overseas and I learned a lot, and it developed a lot, and it awakened me to a lot, and actually inspired me one day sitting on the ocean. I went for a bike ride at night. We lived near the ocean, and I was sitting uh, on the shore, and I knew I was supposed to go home. It was only a year I was there, and I knew it wasn't to do more church things. It was to go pick up the emotional wreckage that I had left behind. 
And so we quit our job there. We had ended up landing a job at a church, and we moved home. And I went back to work, and, uh, and God blessed me with, with more ministry, and so I did all that. And then eventually, after I had cleaned up all that I could, uh, I, through great suffering, had the word kessed spoke over my life. Over and over and over, this man kept speaking kessed over my life as I was frustrated and spinning in my job and not knowing why I came home, if this was the mess I was going to enter into, and why weren't things better, and he just kept speaking kessed again and kessed, kessed God's steadfast love. you got to love like God. you got to be loved like God. you gotta, you got to experience kessed. And so eventually, that became what I felt inspired to go and do, which was plant a little church with a bunch of friends I love and call it kessed. Inspiration has played a big role in my story, and so I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about all these different things that we get to experience, but where does it come from? Is it something you can hunt? Is it something you can, you can go out and, and mine? Can you work extra hard? See, talks like this one are kind of difficult because all that we're going to really do today is, is ask a bunch of these questions that hopefully throughout the series the Holy Spirit guides us towards answering can inspiration be cultivated? Is it something far off? Or is inspiration as close to us as our own breath? One inspirational scholar says, is it a moment of personal genius, the voice of God speaking directly to us, or is it the result of good old-fashioned hard work? Maybe it's both. We're going to look at all these things, the moments that leave us changed, that motivate us to be more, and all the things that make us gasp. That's what the series is about. I hope as you join us, because I think it could be really powerful, and for many of you, I think it could lead to an awakening around some things that, uh, as one person recently told me, they feel spiritually blocked. They feel spiritually stagnant. They feel like there's, there's something more that they're not reaching, and that also inspired me to pour into this series, because I think a lot of us have felt that way. To start today, I want to give you a spiritual posture for this series. This is something we've been doing now for about a year. Um, emotional and spiritual postures help us determine the way in which we approach a topic or experience. So if I was to invite you to a, a difficult dinner and I said, hey, we're going to go have a dinner with this couple, but I need you to know their marriage is kind of on the rocks. The wife is, 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 uh, hardly talks and the husband's really aggressive. And, but we're going there to bring encouragement and love and support to figure out what it is that, that uh, we can do to help. There, without you realizing it, you would be... Uh, being given a spiritual posture in order to walk into the room as you're supposed to and, and, and deal with the circumstance as it should be. Now, if I was to invite you to a dinner and I said none of those things, and then you found out the wife hardly talked and the husband was aggressive, and <laughs> you would be looking around like, what's happening right now? Why is this like this? Why, is, why am I experiencing this? And I think a lot of times in church especially, we don't give good emotional, spiritual postures for what we're teaching. And so I'll say something that triggers you, and then suddenly you'll be like, what? Why? What is happening? And why isn't the person next to me feeling the same way I am? Because you were triggered and they weren't, or they were and you weren't. And so the emotional, spiritual posture for this series is quite simply ease or simplicity. See, this series is something that for some of you, especially those of you who are fairly A-type and driven, uh, it's not going to be very easy because you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to be inspired. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to work it. I'm going to read about it. I'm going to obey. I'm going to worship myself into it. You're going to see how inspired I am. I'm going to be the most inspired person in this room. This is one time my wife and I, I think I told you this, we were in an argument 
And uh, she, uh, she, what did you call me, babe? Where are you? What was the word you called me? Which time? <laughs> the one, uh, oh, the one where I was, the, I don't know yet. She, did, she hasn't told me, but she'll remember. Don't worry. The, the one I said, I'll be the best at that. Yeah, she called me a narcissist, right. <laughs> she said, you are such a narcissist. And I said, I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, I'll be the best one you've ever seen. <laughs> That's a true story. That's my response to her. You're such a narcissist. Whatever. And I'll be the best narcissist you've ever been around. That's for sure. <laughs> You aren't able to work yourself into a place in order to, to you're going to find this theme throughout the series. This is, I've been spending quite a bit of time studying it. This is one theme. Not everybody agrees on everything, but they do agree on this, that inspiration is evoked spontaneously without intention. That it is evoked spontaneously without intention. And so the posture, the spiritual posture that you are going to have to allow yourself to find in this series is one of ease and simplicity. This is about taking off your shoes, setting down your work gloves, opening up your jacket, and just sitting before the Lord. This isn't about chopping wood and building his fire, right? This isn't about building the house of God, and so you're out there milling logs, and, and this isn't about taking care of his landscaping. This, there's all those kinds of things that happen in the church. All those kinds of things are important, and I love all those types of people because we are what makes the church go round, the people who lift and give and serve and, and help and are quiet about it. Okay, these things are beautiful and powerful, but inspiration happens, we're going to find out, primarily through people who listen. It happens when people are listening. And so the posture of ease and simplicity is the easiest, simplest way that I can get us to understand what it's going to feel like to just rest before God as I am, who I am, feeling what I feel, good and bad. There's not bad feelings, but the bad ones that make us feel bad. Okay, good and bad feelings. Sitting before God and listening in order to experience his inspiration and our own inspiration and others' inspiration. And I'm giving away too much from the series. But the idea is that you will have to move into this by not moving. And that's my 2020 vision for the year. So I, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks for coming. It's going to be great. Oh, Okay. We are poised and ready for this place. For some of you, you don't even know it, but you're like, yeah, I think I can do that. I know you can do that, and this is why. Over the last year, we've been setting up for this. This is the place we've been preparing for. First, we started by learning not to run from, but face our dragons and dandelions. The big things, the loud things, the little things, the quiet things, the things that stir us, the things that scare us, like whales. <laughs> I should have renamed that series Whales and Dandelions, apparently, for Ryan. Would have been way better. Whales with wings, Ryan, would be like a nightmare for you. Because <laughs> swim and fly. There's nowhere to run. It's just, okay. So we've been prepared. I'm going to have a graphic made just for you during this series. Whales with wings. You watch. It'll be done. It'll be done. Okay. We've also prepared in such a way that we untethered from and learned to wrestle with big thoughts like, what if I read it wrong or got it wrong or just am wrong? 
We're, we've, we've done this. We've put down our wood chopping axe and, our, and our, 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 our knowledge and our religion. And we've said, okay, God, who do you want me to be in the world that I live in now, in the culture that I live in now, with the responsibilities that I have now? Who do you want me to be? Not what am I taking on from, from my earlier story, from where I came from? Who is it and why is it that I'm here? We'd spent weeks in this. And then lastly, we as a church learn to seek out the unexpected whys around our beliefs and what they all mean in our series, Tradition, Legend, and Lore. We unpacked everything from Little Red Riding Hood to Santa Claus to the manger. And we asked, why? Why do we do this? So with all those external things, this next series is really very internal. And it's sitting with your own whys. It's sitting with your own hows. It's sitting with your own who's. And it's powerful if you engage with it fully by not trying to make it happen. We will also learn that this does not mean that inspiration is completely outside our control. In the coming weeks, we're going to look at a study discussed in the Harvard Business Review that states, this is one of the author's quotes, contrary to the view of inspiration as purely mythical or divine, I think inspiration is best thought of as a surprising interaction between your current knowledge and the information you receive from the world. We're going to look at it from a secular perspective as well because I think we'll find that not all inspiration is spiritual, but it can still be valuable. This whole series is going to stir things up in us, and I hope that that in and of itself causes us to reflect, to be better people, and then in the end, before I actually teach you something, in the end, this is what I hope. I hope that as we wrap up this series and we prepare for this next season that God has, especially with our, our building out there, that we don't be that church that puts a great strategy in place for how to reach the people that God already knew we were going to reach. We don't put these great skill sets in place. We don't lean in on the things that, that got us to where we are. You know the phrase, the things that got you where you are without other things added won't take you where you want to go. Okay? And so you can't just rely on, well, we've, had, we've been really good about our finances. We've been really vulnerable. We've been really honest. We've had some good leadership. God bless, bless, bless. So here's the thing. Now that the building happens, we're just going to keep doing that and hope that we don't, we don't have to change anything. We don't have to, to add anything. But the truth of it is that we do have to change. If we want things to stay the same, something has to change is the quote. If we want to stay community and stay uh, inviting and stay welcoming, then stuff has to change because we are adding more and more people, which means we have to be inspired to receive from God how he wants to lead us downtown. We have to be inspired to, to, to sunrise the new ministries we need, and you ready? And sunset some of the old ones. We got to be willing to evaluate what works, what doesn't, and what is my role in it. This is a beautiful, scary, dangerous place to be. And yet it's the only place that I want to experience God from because I feel like it's a little like, like Moses up on the cliff asking God, I want to see your presence. And he's like, you do not want to see my presence. And I'm like, but I do. And he's like, all right, turn around. Covers me with his hand, covers us with his hand, passes by. And Moses is like, that was awesome. I'm good to go. I, but at the same time, I would rather be in that place than down building the golden calf, down pulling forward what I knew from my old life, 
down saying, well, clearly God has left us here. How will we ever pay the bills? How will we ever reach these people we don't know anything about? How will we ever, how will we ever, how will we ever? I'd rather be with Moses. I'd rather be covered by God's hand as he passes by. I'd rather experience his presence in all that I can, and I'd like to be inspired enough to break those old tablets, get new ones, <laughs> and say, oops, God, I could have done better, but at least I was with you. This is what we're going to experience next year, and it's going to be awesome. But if it's not led from inspiration, it'll be led from know-how, and know-how doesn't require God. I'm not into it. I don't know how I got here. I've told you that before. And I don't know what's coming next. But I do know that he does. And the further out of the way we get, and the more credit he gets, the more glory he gets, the more he will do. So he will pay the bills, and he will fill the seats, and he will, will bless the word and the music and the hands and the hearts and the giving, and he will get all the credit because everyone in the room, my hope is, will respond to his inspiration and know that whatever happens there was because of him. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's not even in my notes at all. None of that's in my notes. That's just pure inspiration, people. <laughs> the Bible is full of all kinds of inspirational stories, all kinds. So this isn't something that we're, we're not stepping fully into some psychological place. We are, we are staying very mainstream Bible when it comes to this idea. Matthew 5.14 is probably one of the most inspirational word pictures given to us. And it says this, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are described by Jesus as lights. I don't know anything that's, that, that draws more attention than a light in pure darkness. A city on a hill, uh, a light in a room, uh, uh, you know, a light shining out before others, wherever we go, wherever we walk. This is a word picture for inspiration. You are supposed to be seen. What does that mean? Does that mean all of us are supposed to be on stages? Does that mean all of us are supposed to be uh, uh, leading in some form of fashion? Or does it mean that we are supposed to be seen helping, encouraging, serving? This seems much more likely the kind of light Jesus is talking about. The widow who gives quietly, the person in the prayer closet. We have story after story after story story of what Jesus describes as good people who follow him. And these people who follow him well are doing quietly bright things. And they are inspiring to those around them. He says, show them. But what you're showing them is the light that God has placed in you, shining bright, serving, helping, holding these are the things that Jesus has called us to do. We are described as a bright light that's meant to be seen. This is who we're supposed to be. So when you're like, ah, I'm not very inspirational, I've never, I don't really do that. That's not true. That's not, what, that's, not, that's not even relevant what you have been. I'm telling you what Jesus Christ tells you you are. You are a light if you've accepted Christ. And if you've never accepted Christ, I'm just here to tell you, then probably living out there in the darkness is getting old and cold. Maybe it's time for you to make more than just a church New Year commitment, but an actually New You commitment. 
Maybe it's time for you to accept Christ. Maybe it's time for you to say, God, we can do it right now. Say, God, it's this simple. Watch. No magic. I can do it with my eyes open. (gasps) (laughs) Say, God, it's me. He already knows your name, but I think it's helpful. God, it's me. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of pretending. I need more than what I'm capable of. Please forgive me for the decisions I've made. You know and I know they've been destructive to my life. I believe you, that you want to put light inside me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that because of you, I am valuable and accepted. I don't even have to say amen. I'm breaking all the rules today. Eyes open, no amen. What kind of church is this? This is what it means to follow Jesus, to be in relationship with him, not to be in religion. It means that you get to walk and talk and be the person you're meant to be with Jesus as your guide, warming you from the inside out, shining through your life. It's his thing. He'll do it. All you have to do is accept him. Some of us, we accepted Christ a long time ago, but we've built all these religious walls up. We have all these systems and ways of thinking. That's partly what we've been trying to unpack and, and, and uh, deconstruct over the last year here at Kesed. But many of you in this room, you're still struggling with some of the stuff you think it has to be. I'm just here to tell you, this isn't what church feels like across the world. Okay, I've been in like 11 countries and experienced church in most of them. All those countries do church different. All those places are different. Some of them don't have any worship. Some of them worships at the end. Some of them, they have like a three-minute message and the whole thing's worship. Not very good worship, but it's worship. (laughs) My version of not very good, you're like, morally, how are you deciding what's good and not good? Yeah, good, good challenge, right? That's the point, though, is that you come in with all this front-loaded stuff. When really God is moving inside these cultures, inspiring them to be who they are, where they are, how they are. And you have that same purpose. So where is it? Have you found it? Have you been inspired to be a part, to touch somebody's life like only you can? That's what this series is about. That's what being a light on a hill means. We're supposed to light up the darkness, as they say. This word, inspire, Our English written, uh, this word inspire, the English word for it, it gives it the meaning to influence, move, or guide. But the word was originally used of a divine or supernatural being in the sense to impart a truth or an idea to someone. So it had this idea of somebody uh, more complete, what we call whole or holy, is speaking into someone else who is broken or incomplete, and that's kind of where the word gets its, its idea from. It means to inspire. The word shares a connection. The word inspire in the English language shares a connection with the word spirit, which comes from the Latin word breath or spiritus, which means to breathe or blow into. It actually means to breathe or blow into. To inspire into someone is to give them new breath, new life into their world. It reminds me of a story in the Bible in which Jesus appears to his followers. The very people whom he's trained and entrusted to carry on his work have now been shattered and scattered because he was crucified. He didn't show the power they thought he'd show, and so they ended up locking themselves in a room, 10 of them. They locked themselves in a room, and they hide from all that's happening around them. 
These people that he entrusted to do his work, they're not doing it because they're afraid. They have the skills and experience. They have the know-how. They have the calling. They, they have all the things that we as Christians value. They even got to touch and see Jesus. Three years they spent with him. But once he got torn apart and discarded, they themselves became frightened. And so due to the lack of encouragement, they left. The power within them to do what they needed to do was not shining bright in the darkness. And so Jesus does something strange in John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, was this the moment that these 10 men received the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we all know that Christ promised to them in the upper room earlier that week? Most scholars believe it wasn't. And that's because in Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read you the verse, this is when the Holy Spirit fell permanently upon everyone. And it says, and while staying with them, verse 4, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. These apostles that Jesus is talking to in Acts were the same apostles that were in the upper room in John 20. These were the same men. So whatever Jesus did in John 20, we know that he did not give the apostles a permanent indwelling of the Spirit at this moment. Otherwise, the Spirit would not have to come again to them in Acts 2. Therefore, how do we interpret the events of John chapter 20? In all probability, Jesus was giving his disciples a symbolic and memorable introduction to the Spirit who was to come upon them later. This moment was a demonstration of what Jesus would do at Pentecost after he returned to the Father. He was inspiring them. He was breathing into them symbolically what would happen. Jesus breathed on the men while he was standing with them in his physical presence to indicate what he was preparing to do later by the Spirit. Jesus was inspiring them. He was encouraging them. He was saying that flimsy locked door is not really what's keeping you in here. It's your fear that's keeping you in here. It's your lack. It's your doubt. It's your, it's your smallness. It's your lack of faith in me. All these things Jesus seemed to defeat through inspiration. He inspired them, get out of this room. Go do what you're going to do. You need to go and gather people because the Holy Spirit is coming and it's going to change people's lives forever. And so when he leaves at this point, after being inspired by seeing the nails in his hands, the pierced side, the holes in his feet, all these things, he then breathes on them symbolically and says, go out into the world and light it up. And supposedly, theologically, prior to the permanent indwelling of the Spirit. This is the power of inspiration. 
This is Jesus' symbolic gesture. And here's the thing. This biblical symbol of breathing into believers or inspiring was not just for those believers then, but for all who still follow today. This is because to live our lives as we should for the Lord, we need more than a calling. They had that. We need more than gifts. They had that. We even need more than a mission. They had all that. And yet they were locked in place until what they needed, they received, which was inspiration. It was inspiration that caused them to look at one another and go, let's go start a fire. Let's brighten some stuff up. Let's change some things. Let's risk our lives. And so they did. I don't know what it is in your life that you need to change. I don't know what it is in your life that's locking you in. But I know that this coming year, if you're willing, you can experience it as well. Maybe you. Maybe you, this coming year, need to make some of those changes in your marriage in your vocation, in your relationships, in your spirituality. Maybe you need to set down some stuff that you've been holding dear and is really more what you're worshiping. It's your own golden calf and you know it. You built it yourself. You made it yourself. You might even love it with your broken heart. But it's not bringing you the peace you need. It's not inspiring you. It's securing you and keeping you in that upper room of your own creation. Maybe you need to reinvest in relationships. You've just given up on people. Maybe that's one of the reasons it's been so hard for you to come to church because churches hurt people, and they do. We talk a lot about that here. They oversell and underhelp. And yet I can tell you, when inspired church, led by the Holy Spirit, does what it's supposed to do, I don't know a more powerful place, a more safe place. Maybe this year you can give it another chance. Maybe you need to be honest about the addiction, the thing you keep running to when life gets too hard. Maybe you need to be honest about the relationships that you're abusing because you're too afraid to invest properly. Maybe you, fill in the blank, need to have that overcame by the one who overcomes it all. Inspiration is the avenue by which many of these things can finally happen. Because we need to remember, and I love this quote for you today, and I speak it over you now, as strongly as I can, it is never too late to be what you might have been. It's not. No matter how old, no matter how young, no matter how much failure, it's never too late to be what you might have been. It's funny because this quote is well known because of George Eliot, but George Eliot is actually the pen name of a woman who didn't get the credit she deserved during this particular age of writing and so decided to write as a man. And so she said it. There is no George Eliot. There's just her. It's never too late to be what you might have been. 
What a powerful way to enter into this new year. What a beautiful thing to do it together with people. Messy, broken people. Beautiful people. And all to bring glory to him who gets all the credit for however it turns out. I hope during this series, your heart breaks. I hope during this series, your mind explodes. I hope during this series, you you get to experience spiritual healing. I hope during this series, you find wholeness like you've never felt. I hope during this series, you are inspired to the point that you gasp in awe of the God who made you, who loves you, and who's waiting for you now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, this room is filled with people who are trembling with anticipation for what it is you might do. We are so overwhelmed with the way in which you work, the way in which you you meet us. And God, I ask that today would be no different. That we would just sit in this time of reflection and just be where we are, who we are, and how we are. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you meet us, for the people in this room right now who are are experiencing closeness with you like maybe they haven't in a long time. May this not just be an emotional high, but God, something real and tangible that inspires them to take another step toward relationship with you. Please awaken us. Please brighten our lives. Please bring us where you want us to go so that we can light up this world for you. In Jesus' name.